0: Hello and welcome to Pilates Elephants, I'm Raphael Bender. Today I'm going to share with you my uh, process for creating a coherent or cohesive team, team that's aligned around uh, doing things um, the way that you want them done in your business. Uh, so this actually comes from a question from Melissa Richards. Hi hey, Melissa. Uh, Melissa says, uh, found your podcast rehiring team members helpful. Please can you do one on creating a cohesive team vibe and teaching ethos amongst staff. Instructors mainly work solo and occasionally bump into each other as one leaves and the other arrives. Okay. So uh, here are my thoughts. This is what I, this is what we do at Breathe Education. This is what I did at my Pilates Studio. Uh, and this is what uh, I've, observed in um, the most successful businesses that I'm aware of uh, in the Pilates world. So I think the first thing here is, uh, if you're the business owner, if you're the studio manager, uh, you have to set the expectations. And uh, for for many of us, that can feel like a, a sort of colossally egotistical thing to do, particularly if some of the instructors who work at the studio have more experience or at least as much experience as you do. It can feel kind of, uh, like how, you know, who am I to tell these people how to, how to do their job? Uh, well, that is literally your job. If you're the studio manager or the owner is to, uh, show people and to set standards and to hold people accountable to them. That is literally your job. So I would argue, uh, that if you're feeling uh, hesitant to impose your way of doing things on people, that um, the results you want in terms of team coherence, and I'm not talking to you in particular, Melissa, I'm talking to all listeners, anybody who's struggling with this problem, uh, the results you want are on the other side of the work you're avoiding. And in this instance, the work you're avoiding is uh, telling people how you want it done and then holding them to that standard. All right. So if you've got an issue with that, you've got to get over it. Uh, so here's, uh, and and moreover, what I've found, because I had this exact issue, you know, for many years I ran a studio and I had instructors working there who were more experienced than I was. In fact, I had the person there who taught me how to be a Pilates instructor was one of my employees. And so I felt like a colossal imposter, you know, telling those people how to teach their classes. But after one, after several years, I I finally got up the gumption to do it. And essentially like everybody came to me privately, uh, one by one by one and said, oh, thank God you've finally, you know, implemented these this sort of framework and I feel so much better with this clarity. Now I know in, when I'm doing a good job and what I need to do to improve. Uh, and so what I've learned from that and other experiences and from reading is that people don't, even though they say they want options, what people actually want is not options. What they want is clarity. So dear listener, if you're still listening to this because you want to know how to build team cohesion you probably wouldn't find it as useful if I said, oh, well, there's not one way to do it and you can do it your way and there's 99 ways to do it and, you know, I'm not here to tell you anything about how to do it. You're like, shut up and tell me how to do it. (laughs) So I think uh, if you you can transpose that to someone else, to instructors working in your business. Uh, Now, nobody wants to be micromanaged. Nobody wants to be told, you know, every last single thing about how to do their job but people want clarity about what good looks like at your studio and they want clarity about where they stand in relation to that performance standard and that is your job as a studio manager or as the owner is to is to provide clarity on those two things what does good look like around here and how am i doing in relation to that that's what every team member should know uh with great clarity. So the way that this works is, will work best, is when you set expectations before you hire people. Now, I know that for most of you, you're probably thinking like, all right, well, that's all very well, you know, the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago, but what if I didn't plant a tree 20 years ago? What if I've got a group of instructors working for me and I didn't tell them, you know, here are the expectations before I hire you? Well, don't worry, I'll I'll help you solve that uh, directly. But, uh, you know, the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago and the best time to set expectations uh, for the workplace are before that person becomes an employee. So, uh, you know, that way when people come on board, they're actually looking forward to clarity on what good looks like and how they're doing in relation to that standard. Now, for people uh, who are already working uh, at your studio – It really is quite simple uh, and not not very hard. Uh, Here's what I would do um, to develop standards and then to implement them with the team. So firstly, you need to develop your definition of what good looks like around here. Uh, And I suggest that this is in the form of... uh, now. I already talked in my episode about uh, hiring and leading a team about having KPIs. Now, I think you should have KPIs, the key performance indicators for your instructors should be attendance and also I reckon five-star reviews that you receive from your clients. So I'm not going to go into those today because I've talked about them elsewhere, but they're lead, they're what we call lagging, sorry, indicators. So they're in their things, their results, not actions. You know, people showing up at your class is a result of the actions that you took Last time they were at class. So those are lagging indicators. Now, we want to actually have a set of standards or what I'd call a framework around leading indicators. So what are the things that the instructor will do beforehand that if they do them will strongly influence the likelihood of getting the outcome you want, as in more attendance and more five-star reviews? And I would say, you know, for me, those things would look roughly like… the instructor connecting interpersonally with students before and during class, like, hey, Mary, great to see you. How's the dog? How's the, how's the kids? You know, how's that thing at work that you were telling me about last week? That kind of uh, conversation. You know, Mary, meet Jane. Jane's, this is her second class. She's a dog trainer just like you are. You know, you guys should chat about dogs. Uh, So basically just showing interest, a genuine interest in people remembering their names uh, and using their names at least once per class and wherever an opportunity presents itself, connecting members or students with each other. Uh, So that would be like part of my teaching framework. So, you know, what doing a good job around here looks like is, you know, bullet point one, Using clients' names at least once per class, connecting verbally like eye contact and uh, you know some interpersonal uh, interaction with each client at least once you know before, during, or after the class. Uh, using a particular class structure. You know, so you decide what the structure is, but you know, it might be something like, say, a three-minute warm-up that involves low intensity, you know, gentle stretching or legs in straps, or you know, some other, you know, you you choose what goes in there. But like some kind of not like necessarily specific exercises, but like here's the kind of thing we do in a warm-up. Here are some examples of that, and here are some examples of things we don't do in a warm-up. Uh, then you know, after our three-minute warm-up, we might you know have what do we do in the the rest of the class, okay. Well, we need to make sure we bend in all the directions. We work the arms and the legs. We, you know, what are the what are the 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 rules of engagement for your class? Like, what do you define as a great Pilates class? Well, write that down as a framework. Now, how do you develop that framework? Well, uh, I suggest you think about the classes that you've taught that have worked the best, where clients come up to you afterwards and say. OMG, that was an amazing class. Or the classes that you've attended that you loved the most. Or the instructors that are most popular at your studio, go audit their classes, see what they do. And don't look for particular exercises or cueing techniques. Look for the structure of the class. What's the intensity? How many peaks and troughs are there? How many sets of each exercise do they do? Do they, you know, how many... What are the transitions like? So build like a if you list out the structure of or you know half a dozen different classes that are really good. You know your best classes that you've taught, the best classes you've attended, or the classes at your studio, etc. Look for the commonalities between those programs. What are the common elements that all great classes have in your world? Right, because you're you're defining what you see as a great class. Well, I'm going to tell you it's having a short warm up, it's where people, you know, connect in with their body, do light exercise. It's gonna have sort of peaks and troughs. You're gonna work the body in all directions. You know, I mean you probably already know <laughs> all of this stuff, but write it down. Make it a framework. Uh, and uh, call it your teaching framework. So, you know, Acme Pilates Studio Teaching Framework. And the teaching framework just says, you know, connect with students before during or after class, use their names, introduce them to each other, start with a warm-up, hit all the body parts, go to this particular level of intensity, like if it were my framework, I would say get to within two reps of failure. Um, you know, you, you, you get to determine what you think is important to go in there, uh, end with a three-minute stretch, here are some examples, here are some examples of things you wouldn't do, uh, etc., So that would just be a framework. It wouldn't necessarily say, you know, teach this exercise for 12 reps on this spring setting. Uh, It's more of a framework so that the instructors can interpret it and write their own programs. But all of those programs are going to have significant common elements. And those common elements are going to be the things that make a great class great. All right. So you've got your teaching framework now. Teach classes based on that framework. So, you go teach classes using the teaching framework. And what you'll find is it's not quite perfect. So, as you teach classes with the teaching framework, every time you teach a class, you'll notice something that wasn't quite right about the framework. Well, update the framework, right? If you find three minutes isn't long enough for a warm up, make the warm up five minutes. Or, you know, if you find that, you know, four sets of footwork is too many, make it, you know, no more than three sets of each exercise. Just Uh, Keep tweaking it until you can teach, you know, half a dozen classes in a row with that framework. And there can be different classes, but all have the same structure. And every class is awesome. And clients coming up to you going, gee, you know, your teaching has been so on point lately. The classes have been amazing. Well, then you can, that means the framework is now ready to roll out to the other instructors. All right. So here's what you're going to do to roll out the framework to the other instructors. So we're going to. Uh, end up with a uh, structure that looks like a weekly team meeting that's in studio or on Zoom. You're going to uh, require each instructor to audit at least one class per week from a, one of their workmates. When I say audit, I mean like come do the class. You're going to audit their classes at least once a week. So if you've got four instructors who work with you, you're going to audit four classes each week. And you're going to do a half hour one-to-one with each of those instructors each week. Now, if that sounds like a lot of work, well, kind of is, but that's the price of having a coherent team that teaches in a You know, sings off the same song sheet when teaching, is someone has to make that happen, and that person is you. So you're going to be, uh, the team are going to be auditing each other's classes. You're going to be auditing their classes. You're going to be doing a one on one with each of them for half an hour each week, uh, and you will have a whole team meeting once per week, either in studio or on Zoom. And that meeting will be compulsory and you will have to pay those people to be at the meeting. Now, I don't, you know, I'm kind of ambivalent on whether you should pay people to audit those classes. I kind of think you shouldn't pay people to do the classes because I kind of think, well, if you're a Pilates instructor, you really should be doing Pilates. And if you're doing Pilates anyway and you might as well come and do it for free at the studio so yeah i kind of don't think that you should need to pay people if you require them to audit one class per week i don't think that's uh unreasonable but i think you should pay them for the one-on-one session that you do with them and you should pay them for the team meeting because those are not like a workout those are professional duties so you should pay them for that time uh, and so this costs money as well as time, but that is the price of team cohesion. So uh, what do you do in in the one-on-one? Well, you talk through the KPIs, right? You say, okay, let's look at your KPIs for attendance and five-star reviews, how are they going? And then you talk about the, and you give them feedback on their class that you audited. And what do you give them feedback on? You give them feedback on the framework, how did they do in relation to the framework? Did they connect with every student before, during, or after class by name? Did they introduce students to each other wherever possible? Did they adhere to the class structure? Did they start with a three-minute warm-up? Did they do all of the things you've listed in your framework? Did they end with a stretch? Did they hit all of the areas? Um, and you know, tell them not just what they missed, but also what they did well. Okay, I, It was great how you did A, B, and C. Even better next time if... Blam. Uh, so that's that's what you talk through in your one-on-ones. Uh, and it's it. you don't have to like super dress it up and go, oh, it was such an amazing class, such an amazing class. and it's just this one tiny little thing. It's almost nothing. Don't worry about it. But you know, I'm almost embarrassed to mention it because it's so small. But like, you know, like just say, hey, you did this, this and this really well. This thing needs improvement. And here's why. And just like be straight up, keep it light up and direct. Uh, and don't bet around the bush, don't pussyfoot, just say, hey, you know, when you teach this exercise, you know, I need you to do it this way because of X, Y, and Z, or, you know, whatever you, whatever the, the thing is. Uh, but it should be in the framework. And if it's not in the framework, you need to update the framework so that it is in the framework. Because if you want them to do it a certain way, it needs to be in the framework. Uh, and so at the weekly team meeting, what do you do? Uh, Uh, And so, sorry, uh, so you're you're giving people feedback on those things in the one-on-one. Hey, I audited your class. You did A, B, and C really well. Uh, D, you know, needs improvement. Here's what I saw. Here's what I'd like to see. Do you have any questions about that? Does that make sense? Then next week, you say, okay, so last week we said you were going to work on D. I audited your class, and lo and behold, I saw you vastly improved on D. Keep up the great work, right? So show them that you notice their efforts. Or... Conversely, if they didn't improve D, say, hey, last week we had a conversation about D, then I audited your class during the week and you did the same thing again. So what is going on with that? Does this Did, we, did the conversation last week not make sense to you? Is there something that's not clear for you about this? Or why didn't you do that thing that we agreed you would do? And again, not accusatory, not you know, angry, just like matter of fact, hey, you said you would do the thing and you didn't do the thing. So what's going on with that? Does, does it not make sense? It, do you need me to help you understand it better? I do want to work through some practice scenarios. Um, you know, what, what needs to happen for you to do the thing? Because I need you to do the thing. Uh, and then what do you do in the team meetings? You uh, can critique each other's classes. Right, So you could have a team member teach a 10-minute class to everybody and then everybody give feedback. And the feedback can be positive and also constructive. Hey, I really liked these three things you did and here's one thing that would be even better next time if you did it. Ah. And again, the feedback should be in relation to the framework. Right, So staff members should critique each other's classes In relation to the framework, so it shouldn't be like, "Oh, here's just my random idea of what could be better about your teaching." It should be like, "Here's how you could implement the framework even better." Right? Here's my perspective on that. So that's one thing you can do in your team meetings. You could give a training on a certain thing. You could say, "Hey, hey, gang, you know, here's a new exercise I've learned, or a new thing I learned, you know, on a course I did, or something like I want to share with you guys." Or you could ask someone else on the team to present something. Oh, Mary's got this great new certification that she did. You know, she can share it with us all. Or you could role play through some things. You could say, okay, this week we're going to work on, you know, somebody who comes in with, um, you know, symphysis pubis pain when doing side splits. And we're going to work on, you know, different modifications that we can use for that person when everyone else is doing side splits. Right. So then we just pair up or jump on a reformer or jump on a mat and start to, you know, work through those exercises together. Okay. Yeah. You know, what do you guys think? What could we do? We could do this exercise. Okay. Let's try it. How many swings would you do on? Where would you position the hips? All of that stuff. So just like literally work through, you know, practice teaching and practice doing those moves. Or you could, it couldn't, could be like not an injury scenario. It could be like, okay, you've got somebody uh, who, um, you know, we, kind of feeling in a rut with our lunges, you know, let's find five new lunge progressions that we could teach. You know, let's workshop some ideas on the whiteboard and then, or let's just jump on a mat or a reformer and start mucking around and jamming it out and come up with some cool new uh, progressions. And then let's share those with each other and work through them together. Um, So those are some ideas on what you can do in your uh, group, in your weekly team meeting Uh, you can also share uh, KPIs Um, so like basically I would you can start at the start of of the meeting going okay team you know here's the studio overall studio KPIs here's our attendance etc and here are the KPIs for each of the trainers you know Jane's attendance is blah Mary's attendance is blah etc and go through that again not in a judgmental Jane's a nice person good person Mary's a bad person way but just like here is the actual objective number um, and here is the level of performance that everybody's uh, achieving this week. Uh, and then, yeah, so that is what you do. And uh, it really starts with accepting uh, responsibility and ownership of that team. Uh, and if you want the team to perform better, which I think is an absolutely fantastic thing to want, uh th- You're the person, you're the only one that's going to make that happen. And so you have to uh, let go of any uh, mental blocks that you have around, you know, setting standards for people and holding them to them uh, because those results you want are on the other side of that work that you're avoiding. And people don't want options, they want clarity. Now, uh, As I said at the start, no no one wants to be micromanaged. So the framework shouldn't say you should always teach 12 reps of lunges on a half spring with the right index finger touching the carriage. Um, What it should say is, you know, you should work legs, arms and work the torso in all directions every class. Right. So then, yeah, I could do lunges or I could do footwork or I could do legs in straps or I could do scooter or I could do side splits on a heavy spring. Like there's so many ways I could do that uh meet that framework so you're not telling them exactly which exercise to teach but you are telling telling them which type of exercise to teach you should teach a whole body workout that covers all of the major muscle groups bends the spine in all directions works through the joints through full range of motion all of those things right so whatever you think uh you know a good class looks like but uh, i recommend you don't specify particular exercises You just say, you know, here are the principles. Now you, dear instructor, uh, you know, you apply your creativity, your personality, your personal preference, your background to colouring within the lines of this framework that I've given you. So you can create your own masterpiece within this framework that I've created, within the constraints of this framework. So you have the framework, and you develop. You have to develop the framework, not by just sitting down um, for one minute and jamming it out on a piece of paper, but by attending classes, by uh, noticing the classes that you've taught. That have you got the best feedback for uh, by uh, auditing classes from your team and just taking those classes that you think are objectively the best classes and looking for the common elements of those classes and turning that into a structure for a class and then road testing that in your own teaching until you are really happy with it and you can teach it exactly as per the framework and it turns out brilliant every time and you get amazing feedback from your clients and that's when you roll it out to the team when you say, hey team, I've been working on something to make us all better. And uh, here are some changes that are going to happen. I'm going to be uh, giving you each an additional bit of pay to attend uh, a team meeting that we're going to have once a week on such and such a time. And also a one-on-one that we're going to do on a Tuesday and I'll arrange you know the individual times with you. It'll be for 30 minutes. And in this meeting and in this one-on-one, I'm going to coach you and help you become a better instructor, and you can give me feedback on what I can do to become a better leader and a better studio owner, and together we will work, uh, you know, we'll work collaboratively, you and me and the whole team together, to all improve at what we do. So we offer even better service for our clients and get even better results and enjoy working together as a team more effectively. And so I've developed this uh, framework, which I've been road testing, and I've taken it from attending all of your classes and taking the best bits of what I've thought everybody does and turned it into a framework. I've road tested it for six weeks, and now I'm really happy with it. And in our first team meeting, I'm going to roll it out for you. Now, what you'll almost certainly find is that your employees, there will be like a little bit of discomfort around like, oh, well, I can't make the team meeting You know, can I just not make the team meeting or can I do my one-on-ones on on a a Friday instead of Tuesday? And, you know, you'll have to work with or slash around those people. And I'm going to suggest that you make the team meeting compulsory. It's not optional. Uh, Do try and find a place, a time in the week where everyone can attend. Give people, you know, notice so that they can readjust their other commitments when you first introduce this. Give them a couple of months of notice. Like, you know, okay, we're going to start the team meetings next week, but I'm going to give you like 60 days, you know, of like leeway of grace where like, okay, if you miss one or whatever, it's not a big deal. Okay, we'll record it on Zoom or whatever. uh, And you can just watch the recording. Uh, But after 60 days, I expect you to be here on time every time. And that's part of your job requirement, right? So you give them a changeover period. Uh, and once they start attending them and they'll see the benefit of them and experience how their teaching improves and they get more camaraderie and they're not just like ships passing in the night with the other instructors, they will want to be at those meetings. And if they don't, then that's a sign that you're not creating any value, enough value in those meetings. And value just means them learning and geeking out and doing fun Pilates stuff together and feeling like it's making them better at their job. All right, dear listener, I hope you find that helpful. I hope this inspires you and gives you the tools you need to step up and take leadership, take ownership within your studio, within your business, to create a more coherent team, a more coherent way, a framework of doing things at your business. And the beautiful thing is when a new employee then enters the business, all you do is you hand them the sheet with the framework and you say, here's how we do things around here. And it becomes way easier to ramp someone up and and onboard them because you've actually got a set of uh, standards that they work towards. And you can hold them uh, accountable against those standards and say like, okay, here's what good looks like. How are you doing in relation to this standard? All right, dear listener, hope that helps. Much love, and I'll see you in the next one. And three, get results for your clients. So ultimately, your clients tell their friends and you become known as the go-to expert in your area. This program is completely unlike any education you've done before, even if you've studied with us before, because of the way we've built the learning design. It's an online, flexible, skill-based learning program, which means